You are no longer a slave to fear. By grace, you are a child of God. Welcome and good morning, Fellowship High Crest. Oh, Lindsay did a pretty good job, but we can do better than that. This morning, we're going to try something a little bit different. We're going to be doing what's called a call and response. So when I say good, y'all say morning, okay? Good. Morning. Good. Morning. There we go. That's much better. That's much better. (laughs) If you don't know me, my name is David Hinkle. This is what it looks like when I don't shave and I eat a few extra carbs during the week. No, just kidding. My name is Brett Tomes. I'm the discipleship coordinator here at Fellowship Highcrest. And uh, I'm excited and honored to be with you guys this morning. Uh, Bring in the Word of God. And our our text this morning is becoming from Galatians 4, uh, 1 through 20. You'll find this text in our blue Bibles that are on your seats. The page is going to be 702. And uh, speaking of the Blue Bibles, if you don't have a Bible or one that's easy to read, we invite you to take this one as a gift from us to you. If you know somebody doesn't have a Bible or one that's easy to read, we invite you to take this Bible as a gift to them from the both of us. If you are needing a Bible or wanting a Bible to follow along in Spanish, we have one for you. Just raise your hand and uh, the ushers will be happy to help you out. Father, as I come before you and your people, I first give you thanks, and I ask you to send your Holy Spirit here to fill this place and be in the words that proceed from my mouth, that you may increase and that I might decrease. In Jesus' name, amen. So some of you may or may not know, but my better half, my beautiful, intelligent wife, Melissa, and I have been doing, thank you been doing juvenile prison ministry together for several years now. The ministry is called Kairos, and the juvenile side of that ministry is called Kairos Torch. It is an international ministry helping mentor and disciple young men, and they can range from ages anywhere between 10 to 22, which is completely heartbreaking. Some of them are just so young. We walk alongside of them every week behind those institutionalized walls, Loving on them and telling them of the gift of God's grace and love. Our motto is listen, listen, love, love. See, we do one-on-one mentoring with them and helping them see the bigger picture for their future. Telling them that God loves them and of the sacrifice Jesus paid for them, creating them special. Most of us hear this and our hearts just melt. And honestly, this is what drew me to this ministry. Our hearts melt because we can identify. No, not all of us have been locked up. But we have all felt stuck or isolated. Some of us have felt stuck in our jobs, our relationships with family, our relationships with our children, and even our relationships with God. So how do we move from being a prisoner to being free? How do we move from isolation into relationship? How do we move from feeling feeling stuck to feeling God's loving embrace? It's grace. It's always been grace. In our relationship with God and others, it's what moves us from being stuck 
to being intimate is grace. And once we have received that grace, what is our responsibility for what we have received? Well, this is exactly what Paul is talking about to the Galatians in our focal passage today. Paul was speaking to this group, mostly Gentile believers, in what is known as modern-day Turkey, about this newfound freedom that they had because of the grace that they had received. He spent these few short verses explaining how the grace they had received was a gift and something they were called to be faithful to. Let's dive into our scripture. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than the slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Before you Gentiles knew God, you were slaves to so-called gods that don't even exist. So now, then, so now that you know God, or should I say now that God knows you, why do you want to go back again and become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual principles of this world? You are trying to earn favor with God by observing certain days or months or seasons or years. I fear for you. Perhaps all my hard work with you was for nothing. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to live as I do in freedom from these things, for I have become like you Gentiles, free from those laws. You did not mistreat me when I first preached to you. Surely you remember that I was sick when I first brought you the good news. But even though my condition tempted you to reject me, you did not despise me or turn me away. No, you took me in and cared for me as though I were an angel from God or even Christ Jesus himself. Where is that joyful and grateful spirit you felt then? I'm sure you would have taken out your own eyes and given them to me if it had been possible. Have I now become your enemy because I'm telling you the truth? Those false teachers are so eager to win your favor, but their intentions are not good. They're trying to shut you off from me so that you will pay attention only to them. If someone is eager to do good things for you, that's all right. But let them do them all the time, not just when I'm with you. Oh, my dear children, I feel as if I'm going through labor pains for you again. And they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your lives. I wish I were here with you I wish I were with you right now so I could change my tone. But at this distance, 
I don't know how else to help you. Grace should be recognized as a gift. When we go into the prisons, each week we bring snacks that these young men don't normally get to enjoy. They are really thankful for these gifts we bring. I mean, really thankful. After all, it's food. It's not just a pack of socks from Walmart. Not that there's anything wrong with socks. While we do enjoy seeing their appreciation for us, it goes deeper than that. We bring these gifts as a representation of a greater gift that we have to offer, and that is the gift of relationship with God and with us. Look at how Paul addresses this concept with the believers in the Galatian church in verses 1 through 7. Paul was telling the Galatians in verses 1 and 2, both Jew and Gentile, but mostly Gentile like us, look, as a child, you're going to have to wait for your inheritance, your gift until a specific time, a release date, if you will. Until then, you are under your guardian or your overseer. In verse 3, Paul says this, is where they were like children in bondage to basic and ungodly principles of the world. Then Paul brings it home with the good news in verses four through seven. But God, when that release date came, sent his son to release them from those overseers, he bought their freedom. God, their Abba Father, called them in his own, and like it says in Romans 11, 17 and 18, we have been grafted into his family We now have a branch on his tree, but fed by his roots. We have been given the gift of a new start, a new identity, and a new family. Are you seeing the grace of God on your life as a gift? What is the most precious thing that you own? Is it your relationship with God? If so, how do you express its value? How can others in your life tell its worth to you? So first we have seen that one of the responsibilities that we have toward the grace that we have been given is to see it as a gift. The second thing that we see from our text is that we are called to remain faithful to that gift. We should be faithful to the gift of grace. One of the agreements that we have to make in order to be a part of the Kairos ministry is that we are not allowed to have contact with the juveniles, the young men, until after they are released and off of paper, parole, if you will, for two and a half years. And that's one of the most heartbreaking parts of agreeing to these terms is seeing the young men who are released and then some of them returning. It just breaks my heart. They return once again. See, their gift of freedom came with the responsibility of sustaining certain aspects of their character. And maintaining their freedom is dependent upon them remaining faithful to this agreement. In verses 8 through 20 of our focal passage, Paul was not saying that the Galatians' relationship with God depended on their works 
or following a set of rules. He did say that they had a responsibility to remain faithful to the grace they had received. Now, how did Paul explain this? In verse 8, Paul said, you Gentiles were slaves and imprisoned to worthless, non-existent gods. They didn't even have a relationship with the true God. And verse 9 says, now the relationship is established, grace and joy have been given. And Paul makes a, a case of common sense to not go back to the old, weak, and useless ways of the world. He was addressing the Galatians of verses 10 through 16 and reminding them of the joy and freedom they felt in the relationship they were seeking from God when they had first heard and accepted the good news about Jesus' sacrifice for them, not the works of legalism. Now, in verses 17 through 20, Paul was reminding them that all the people they were trying to tempt or hype them or tell them something other than God's truth will be there. We will see it. But they were to be mature and responsible. In other words... Don't believe that hype. We can see spiritual maturity through, how we ask? Being faithful and responsible to God's undeserving grace. Staying sober-minded. Being mindful of the joy we feel being in relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And in direct relationship with God himself. Now I want to be clear. Paul was talking to believers. There are many places in the scriptures that let us know that believers cannot lose their salvation. But that does not mean that we are not called to something greater once we have received that grace. In ourselves, we don't have what is needed to even begin to remain faithful. It is only by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit that we receive this power. It is the Holy Spirit that seals us in our relationship with God. It is the Holy Spirit that empowers us to live for God. So, if I was to sum this up, I would say, once saved, always saved. And, but also, I would say, once saved, forever following. We who have received the grace of God through the person and work of Jesus Christ have a responsibility to be forever following and growing in the likeness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Colossians 1, verses 11 through 14, Paul says this. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. 
Paul's message to the Colossians was the same as it was to the Galatians and to us. We are sealed with the power of the Holy Spirit. And it is the same Holy Spirit that empowers us to remain faithful to God. Because we don't have it in ourselves to do it. In the Spirit, we are made free. And it is in that freedom that we find our ability to be in relationship with our Father, Lord, and Savior. As we come to a close today, I want us to be reminded that grace is available for all of us who call Jesus Christ Lord and Savior. For those of us who have received that grace, we have the responsibility to see that grace as a gift and to remain faithful to that gift. I share with you about the responsibility that comes with being set free out of a personal experience. Twelve years ago, I struggled with alcohol. And not just struggled, it became a problem that snowballed into other undesirable problems. These problems imprisoned me. They were hurting my wife. They were hurting my family. And at this time of my life, it was a dark place. I knew something had to change. And now realizing I couldn't do it on my own, I had to seek God's power of restoration. My wife and I started going to church, seeking relationships with other believers and with God. Finding myself playing and doing church with works and words like Braille said a couple of weeks ago. But I was still struggling. And it came to an end. Praise God. I went to have a few beers at Buffalo Wild Wings. I ended up at the strip club. And though I deeply hurt my beautiful wife, she showed me God's loving grace through forgiveness and faithfulness. In my inebriated state, I prayed for deliverance from my bondage. And God gave me a birthday gift. He gave me grace. And with that freedom, hallelujah. Now, temptation has popped up at times, but, but I've remained faithful to her and the gift through the power of the Holy Spirit sobriety, and discipline. I will never let it go. I will never give it up. And he will never take it back. I want everyone to know we are free to live with joy. We've been gifted with a new identity. We've been grafted into a new family tree, free to live outwardly in service and community with other brothers and sisters in Christ, free from all worldly bondages. We've been gifted to have direct communication with God, our Father, only because of God's grace and the work of his Son. Maybe you know about this gift and you've already received it, but maybe you're saying, 
I haven't been real faithful to it. Hey, that's okay. Our Abba Father, our Daddy, is quick to forgive. If you're here today and you are saying, I don't know about this gift of grace thing. I want you to know this gift is for you freely given. It could be your birthday. It's the best thing in the world you could ever, ever have. In a second, I'm going to pray a prayer. No special words, no special order of words. A prayer of thanksgiving. If this is for you, let today be your new birthday. And receive your gift of grace. The next step of receiving this gift, this inheritance, is the act of stepping over the line of faith. Asking and believing God to be your father through the power of the death, burial, and resurrection of his son Jesus. Then accepting his grace and be faithful to it. So then look, once you have accepted God's gift, believing in your heart, it's yours. The next step, to, next step of faithfulness to that gift is a public profession of that faith through baptism. If this is your next step, we welcome you to do this. It just so happens to be the third Sunday, which is Baptism Sunday. All right. Amen. After the service, see one of the ushers, and they will be happy to get you connected with who to talk to to get this done. We got towels. We got a change of clothes. And yes, we got water. Let today be that day. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your mercy. The death, burial, and resurrection of your son, Jesus. Thank you for grafting me into your family tree. We call you Abba, Father. Father, I thank you for the freedom to love you, to be in a direct relationship with you. Thank you for the gift. My heart sings with thankfulness and faithfulness to your saving grace. In Jesus' name, amen.